Hours on the Super Power Up Podcast, the show that lifts the voice of love from orgasms to superpowers and everything in between. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sex, Love, and Superpowers Podcast show. I'm your host, Tatiana Berenday, and today I have with me Deborah Grenard, and we are going to be discussing how to build self-esteem through conscious living. Deborah Grenard helps people to deeply and intimately know themselves, body, mind, heart, and spirit, and honor what they uniquely need to live a life of vibrant health, joy, and fulfillment. She works primarily with women who want to stop allowing society, self-image, body image, and even what they see in the mirror to define them so that they can freely express who they naturally are. Deborah is a spiritual healing practitioner, author, speaker, and a student of Sufism for over 20 years. She holds a Master's of Divinity and is creator of the Community for Conscious Living, the Care for Connection Transformational Healing Process, the Food, Weight, and Feminine Power Program, and more. Deborah's one-of-a-kind system teaches you to know yourself from the inside out and love yourself as your source created you to be, flaws and all. And there are no flaws. I love that piece. Welcome to the show, Deborah. Thank you, Tatiana. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Um, so before we get started, I would love it if you would share with us, what are your superpowers? I love that you ask this question. My superpower is to be a super seeker. And that mm. comes from a strong desire for truth. Mm. And I can say more. Yeah, say more. <laughs> okay. Awesome. You know, it's, I, I used to have this poster on my wall when I was a kid that uh, was an Einstein quote that said, I want to know God's thoughts. The rest are details. Mm. And, you know, I think this where this particularly hits home since traveled this whole personal development and self-help world is how many times have you heard someone say that your past makes you who you are today? Right. I've heard that over and over again. And even recently, fairly recently, was in a workshop where, you know, that, oh, your past is what makes you who you are. We're going to take a look at all of your life-defining moments in your past. And if that's true, let me just say, Tatiana, God help me. Yeah, yeah me too. <laughs> right? It's like, no, 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 no. I am not going to let any of that stuff define me. Yeah. And, you know, I'm, I'm not stopping there. So the super seeker superpower is that seeker of the deeper truths. And in the, the, to the seeper, seeker of the deeper truths, that whole your past makes you who you are, that is a great misconception because your past actually just establishes your pathways that you're going to travel on this earth realm in this body to discover the truth you are. Your past takes you through a lot of events and these things that we, you know, tend to think of as life-defining moments, right? We have our events of this life. We have our lineage. We have our, you know, this whole historical line, past lives, if you believe in that. But these are not the things that define us. And if we stop with those and think of those as what defines us in this life, we have not reached truth. We can call on that super seeker, superpower and keep going until you discover that deepest reality within you. 
I love it so much. And I, I couldn't agree with you more. I think, you know, even yesterday, I, I really, I really live by, by that concept that every morning I get, I get to start over. Ah, and, and that has helped me so much in my life and has helped the people that I've worked with. And I'm sure you've seen this tremendously. I mean, I'm, I am really curious to dive into this topic more with you because you work with people who've suffered really traumatic abuse in their in their past and so to to bring forward this concept that the past does not define you is so powerful and so huge and yet some people really they cling to that because there is an identification with with the story that comes along with it um i'd love to hear you talk a little bit more about about how you use that concept in the work that you're doing with uh with trauma survivors yeah you know thank you tatiana especially in with trauma trauma you know has that the the power of trauma is that it can freeze us in an instant in a moment Mm -hmm. and it can you know freeze um you know there's the the uh, autonomic nervous system that has you know the sympathetic nervous system when you're met with stress there's fight flight freeze and you know some people say faint or collapse as a fourth one and with trauma, you know, trauma has that tendency to stop you in your tracks and freeze you. And we get frozen or a part of us will get frozen in time. And there is a strong identity that we take on with a moment of trauma or an event of trauma. And then we spend our journey, our life journey, trying to get around this somehow mm-hmm. and trying to overcome and it becomes, you know, and you can hear people when they talk, whether it's talking about trauma or a, an illness or, you know, some, some life-defining event, that they are a, a, either a victim. And I know a lot of people in the self-help world don't like to use the word victim, but, you know, there is a time in your life where you actually are a victim. And then you become a a survivor, and then you become a thriver. And all of these things are still revolving around the identification with this event, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And then if you really want to go even beyond that, there is that time where you release yourself completely from the identification with that event and allow yourself to drop into that deepest reality inside your own heart and soul of the divine light being that you are. And so, you know, this this concept really is a strong one for uh, people who have experienced trauma. The work, I'm sorry, go ahead. Uh, well, I, no, no, keep, keep going because we, we are going to have to go to break soon. So I'll ask you this question after the break. <laughs> like, okay. I want to have space for the conversation. Actually, maybe maybe we should just cuz we're here right now. Why don't we um, why don't we just take a quick pause and then and then we'll dive deeper into this conversation uninterrupted. Um, so we've been talking with Deborah Granard about how to build self-esteem through conscious living and and I am we're I'm I'm excited to to dive into some of this juice with you. Before we go to break, can you tell our listeners where they can go to find out more about you? Sure. My main website is joyfullylivingwellness.com. And I think everything pretty much branches out from there. Great. And you have a a book that they can go and find also? 
Yes, this, and I'll get more into this, talking about this. This is a, a book is called While We Were Silent, and it is experts sharing stories of healing from sexual trauma, and it really brings to light uh, why people stay silent about abuse, what happens during the time of silence, how to break through the walls of silence and find healing and find truth and all of these beautiful things that we're talking about today. So beautiful. So you can go and find that book on Amazon while we were silent? Absolutely. Awesome. All right, Deborah, we will be back after the break. Stay tuned because this is going to be a really good conversation. Are you here to change the world? Do you talk about things like vibration, frequency, awakening, and consciousness? Are you pretty sure you have superpowers? The Superpower Net is unlike normal coaching programs and conscious communities. We provide training, intuitive guidance, peer-to-peer learning, intensive one-on-one coaching, and a high vibrational network of people just like you. When you join the Net, you get 24-7 access to a collaborative group of people who support you as you master your personal power and unlock your superpowers. If you're ready to use your superpowers to change the world, then join the Superpower Net today. Visit superpowerexperts.com slash the net to learn more. All right, and we are back. So I am I am so curious to hear from you what you've seen in your work. Um, I mean, the question that that was popping up for me right before we went to the break was about a resistance to this concept. Cause I, I know that I have encountered this with, with, uh, with certain people. And I think that there, um, there's like a, what's the word I'm looking for? It's like, there's a, there's a pathway there. There's a, there's stages to this process, right? Right. And it's like, if you introduce this concept, um, that you don't have to be identified with your past too early on, it's almost threatening to people. Have mm. you experienced this? Yes, yes, definitely. And, you know, it's, I, I kind of like to introduce this in order to paint the possibilities. And then, of course, we are where we are. Mm-hmm. And that's why I like to, to stress that, you know, there, in our personal development world, we don't like the word victim. And we're really quick to jump out a victim. But there is a reality there that we have to acknowledge. And there is a reality to every one of these steps that we have to acknowledge. Mm -hmm. There is a time of helplessness. There is a time of, especially as children, being dependent on those who are here in this world to take care of us, that we've been born to, the lives we've been born into. There is a time of helplessness. There is a time where we have control over our reality. And there is definitely a time of victimhood. And, you know, that needs to be honored within each and every one of us. And it's kind of like, you know, you, you, can't, you can't skip steps and do the spiritual bypass right. and just say, I am a being of light and none right. of that stuff matters because we are in body mm-hmm. and we have sensual, you know, we're sensual beings. We have bodily sensations. We have body wisdom. We have hearts. We have emotions. We have instinct and intuition we have earth wisdom we have you know all of these things that we're made of and we can't bypass any of it and just say i am a being of divine light but there is a way to um you know to to be where we are and to travel a journey that can actually integrate all of that into a divine wisdom that can just take us into an exquisite uh, existence 
Yeah. I'm so glad you brought up that spiritual bypass piece because I think that that is, I mean, I've definitely seen that. Um, that that's a huge, it's, it's so tricky, you know, because it's like one person's truth isn't another person's truth. And while someone who has gone through a certain stage of their development can say something as true, um, someone who hasn't gone through that development, if they try to adopt that same thing, it becomes a spiritual bypass. Um, And so how do you navigate that with people in terms of, of this work, you know, because it is, there's, there's a fine line there. There is a fine line. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And I think the, you know, the way to to, uh, navigate that is to help each person to come into their bodies. And so often with, with trauma, you know, the, the, that freeze, part of that freeze is, you know, one of the ways that we escape trauma is to disconnect from the body. Absolutely. Yeah. And the body holds so much wisdom. The body is like a messaging system, right? All of this, the bodily sensations, the feelings, the emotions, the thoughts, everything comes together to give us information about where we are on our journey. And each person has to honor that. And so, you know, you can never just go in and say, oh, well, those things are all wrong or irrelevant and you need to be over here because that's not true. <laughs> it's, you know, it's not true for them and it's not true at all. And that's, you know, part of that process, I think, is to learning is learning to connect with your body and to be with your body and to be with you know, right where you are, someone who has experienced sexual trauma in their life has so often been um, negated and been um, uh, disempowered mm-hmm. and also taught to invalidate their own sense of safety, their own self-worth, their own um, uh, voice for whatever, for speaking up for what they need. And that's kind of like, that's a part of that patterning that comes with that, especially if you've experienced abuse over time. So it's really important to help someone who has been through that to connect with their bodies and begin to trust their inner wisdom and their instinct and all of the voices that come together inside of themselves to um, learn about that and to learn to navigate. And and you've got to um, just learn as best you can to be present with whatever is coming up for you in your body, your thoughts, your emotions, your energy patterning, you know, whatever your, wherever your sensations take you and your awareness takes you to be present with that and honor it and listen to it and trust it. That is, I think the, um, uh, the thing that keeps us from skipping steps, if you will. I yeah, I absolutely agree, and that that's a lot of the work that I do with with my clients, and and what I have seen, and I'm sure you've seen the same, is that um, it can be really scary if you. I mean, we we vacate the body when there's a traumatic experience because it's safer to do so. Right. And so we're talking about safety. We're talking about coming back in the body. I mean, this is really, I think it's really, I, I, I just want to really encourage our listeners to acknowledge that, that that can be really challenging to do, if not almost impossible to do alone when you're first starting out on this journey, because, because you need someone who can, who can support you in in feeling safe, in in remembering that it is safe, that in this moment you're safe, it's okay 
to be in this body in this moment. Yes, absolutely. Right. I mean, that's, that's really big work. And I, I, I think it's, it's not something that can be, you know, like we're talking about with the spiritual bypass. You can't, you can't rush through that part. That's a really, really crucial part. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm so grateful for the work that you're doing. And, I, and I'd love to hear more about how this, this project and this book came about. About what, to say the name of it again, Why We Stay Silent? It's called while, while We Were Silent. While We Were Silent. Yeah. How did that, how did that come into being? Well, you know, with the, um, all the events that fueled the Me Too movement, mm-hmm. so many people coming and, you know, that, that, co- that can command a, a platform that gets media attention, right? Okay. Uh, there are a lot of people being the on a started the Me Too movement, a lot of people that, that didn't have the same level of visibility in the, the same platform. But when all of these events actually sparked media attention, I was hearing a lot of people discrediting and discounting the people who were speaking, mm-hmm. saying, oh yeah, but who would stay silent for 20 years and then come back? They're just mm-hmm. doing this to try to take down people in power. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you know, a lot of questioning coming up, and I was hearing it from male thought leaders that I knew. I was hearing it from the girl who cut my hair. You know, I was hearing it from a number of different sources. And my experience is that silence is the norm, not the exception. Yeah. And it's part of that trauma response. There's a lot of different things, a lot of different reasons for staying silent. But I just felt this urge welling up in me (laughs) that said, okay, I am tired of hearing the discrediting because, you know, people need to understand if we're really going to shift this and I want deeply to shift our culture, that our culture of silence that has allowed abuse to be so prevalent for so long because abuse thrives in silence. And it's like, okay, we need to shift this. We can't let this just be another story that gets swept under the rug when the next thing comes along. I want to I do something about it. So I called on a number of, of acquaintances that I have who are experts in trauma healing, who have experienced sexual trauma themselves. And I, I put together an interview series. So there's an interview series that interviews experts about why people stay silent. And I just have this, I have this mission to educate the world about why people stay silent, what happens in our lives during the silence and how it ripples, because there's so much, you know, there's like one in four women that are abused under the age of 18 and one in six men. And there is a, an immense ripple effect that this has in the lives of the people who experience the abuse, as well as the people that they're in the relationship with. And it is permeating our culture. I don't think there's a single person that is not touched by it. Right. And yet we want to, to somehow be in denial and stay in denial that this is happening. Mm-hmm. And we're judging people left and right for their behaviors and for the way they live their lives without recognizing just how significant the impact of sexual violation is in people's lives. So I'm like, okay, time to like, pull back the curtains. 
Yeah. And I mean, we're talking about self-esteem and I mean, I, I think that it's not to be underestimated how much sexual violence affects self-esteem and how much self-esteem affects like every other area of our capabilities in life. Absolutely. It's such a huge thing. Um, I'm, I'm so curious to hear from you what have been some of the biggest common threads that you have heard through this work of why people stay silent. Yeah, absolutely. And the, uh, you know, I think one of the biggest ones is that the hardest thing to face is ourselves. We come into this self-doubt, the I can't believe it myself. I don't want to feel and experience the shame of it all over again and the, um, and the fear and the trauma. So, you know, we tend to bury those things inside of ourselves and think, you know, okay, well, this may have happened at some time in my life, and now I'm here, and there's a total disconnect, right? And um, yet there's not a disconnect, because there's not a place in your life that this hasn't rippled into and affected in the time that you've um, evolved and grown on your life journey, right? It, it ripples. And some of the, um, uh, you know, I mean, some people are threatened. Some people are um, uh, uh, just, you know, that they, uh, it's, it's bottom line is safety. It feels safer not to speak. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some of the, the things that we've gotten into, some of the really, uh, uh, hot discussions that we've had have been around promiscuity mm-hmm. and around um, shame and around forgiveness and around, you know, all of these these things that we come up against. I think, you know, one of the tendencies is for when someone has experienced abuse, gone through abuse, their boundaries get totally disrupted. Mm -hmm. Any sense of healthy boundaries. So you have a tendency in relationship to either put up a wall or be completely open and have no boundaries at all, right? right? So you're either rigid or you're letting people walk all over you or giving your body away, you know, and there's all kinds of um, judgments that then get put onto you based on how you're behaving when people don't understand. And then that just shame on top of shame on top of shame and self-judgment and, you know, self-hatred, self-loathing. And, you know, and, and where's room for self-esteem there? There's, there's no self-esteem in that. Right. And yet, if we were to talk about it, there would, there, there, that's the beginning of making space for understanding. Yes, this is the super seeker superpower because this is, this is opening, pulling back the curtain yeah. and saying, oh, what is real here? What's really going on? Yeah. It's not you had this incident that happened and that was a separate isolated incident and all of a sudden you became this person who didn't understand boundaries and relationships and yeah. you have you know this totally um, messed up life and your relationships aren't working and you have like 
this total inner conflict about sex and sensuality and, you know, that our entire culture right. exhibits, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, and it's like, gosh, I mean, really, you don't have to even experience abuse in order to be confused about what, what our, our society projects about sensuality and sexuality. Right. But, you know, when we pull back the curtains on all of this, we can see that, oh, you know, there, there is this pathway here, as we said, that your, your past establishes pathways that you can travel to know the truth of yourself and your divine reality. Mm-hmm. It's like you can discover, oh, well, this right here was just a compensation for this over here, or it was a way to protect yourself because everything that we've ever taken on that's a dysfunctional behavior is typically a way that we've, we've taken on to protect ourselves, to keep ourselves safe, or to try to align with love in this life because we can feel like we're really far from that with some of the things that we experience here, right? But every one of us, that being of light that we are, that truth of who we are is still inside. It's intact. It's fully intact. And it's your inner compass, your guidance system. So everything that you see in life, you're, you're looking, is this, is this true? Is this real? Is this safe? Is this taking me closer to love and connection? That which I know inside of myself exists because that is the core of who I am. So everything that has happened has either taken you farther away from love and connection or closer to love and connection. And your your information that you store in your body and in your psyche is telling you about, you know, memories on this journey so that you know how to navigate moving forward. And then, you know, there comes that point in your life where you've strayed so far away from the truth of who you are that you say, okay, wait a minute, I got to put up the, you know, I got to raise the flag here and start going in the other direction because this is really messed up and now I've got to do something. And we start making our way back along these pathways. And if we really open the, you know, pull back the curtain with the the super seeker superpower and we say, wait a minute, I'm going to understand this journey. How did I get here from this being of light? And then we can find those pathways to travel back through, oh, this was a protective mechanism. Oh, this was just a way that I was trying to get through this particular thing. But who was it trying to get through? Oh, underneath that is this person that was hurt. Yeah. Oh my gosh, how can I be with and love this person who was hurting? Mm-hmm. And oh, okay, underneath that person that was hurting was this person who knew the reality of love. And how can I be with that person? And so it's traveling back and back through those those pathways and through the layers of all of our protective me- mechanisms and our and our needs and our values and our yearning and our truth, our truth of that divine essence of who we are. Mm, I love it, and yes, yes to all of it. I was I was sitting here just reflecting on like, wow, this sounds like. Like so much of the work, I mean, the work is the work is the work is the work. It doesn't really matter who, well, it does matter who's doing it as long as they're, they're holding it. But I've just seen this consistent thread as I've been doing these interviews now for quite some time. And I, in my own work, and it's like, we can put all these different, different uh, labels on it and we can, we can, 
put it in all of these different boxes and different marketing materials, and yet it's the same beautiful divine essence, the same the same work. Um, and so I just want to honor you and thank you for for being that, for showing up for that, for showing up here to talk about it. Um, you you work with clients as well, correct? Is that your I- I do. Yes. I work with um, individuals and I also do group work. Beautiful. Can you tell us, tell us a little bit more about your group work? Okay. Yeah, I have, well, you know, I mentioned the group while we were silent, the, um, the book Mm -hmm. that was released as an interview series. And then the book is, you know, it's much, much more information added to it than just the basic interview series. Each person added a piece. The interviews are polished. There's a lot of information added onto it. So, you know, I highly recommend the book because mm-hmm. it's really good. <laughs> Let me just say that. I say that wholeheartedly. It's really good um, to help us to understand the inner workings of trauma. But as abuse exists in silence, it persists in silence. And so we think that we're all alone and that we're the only ones on this, you know, this totally dysfunctional path. But when you look at each person's stories, as you said, there's so many, you know, so many commonalities in, in the work is the work is the work. But in the path of the um, of healing from trauma, you can see the patterns where we are all so much alike, you know, going through the same struggles and never alone. So, you know, that is... Um, that book is a, uh, I think, a fabulous tool. We've got a Facebook group also called While We Were Silent, mm-hmm. and the experts are all from the book are all in there, and I'm in there moderating that group and facilitating that group. And there are some incredible discussions going on. Um, and in terms of group programs that I do, I have one that is about sensuality, sexuality, and the sacred feminine. Hey, that's right up my alley. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, that's really just uncovering like where and and that's a whole interview itself too. It's like where does our confusion stem from? Mm. Where does it come from and how can we unravel these beliefs that we've taken on around the feminine, around sensuality, around sexuality and how can we give it its proper um perspective, if you will, Mm -hmm. so that all of it fits together in the divine reality with its um, intended purpose. You know, I'm not claiming to know God's thoughts or anything like that in, in, uh, (laughs) in the ultimate sense. But, you know, how is it that this can exist in a way that is totally honoring of the deepest inner truth and inner light of who we are as male and female and as unified um, existence, right? Yes. Unifying existence of one love, and and it's that's a beautiful um, opportunity for healing on so many levels. There, I have a, a a group called Food Weight and Feminine Power, also that is it's a program, an online program that I offer, and um, that's looking at our relationship to our bodies and to food, as food being one of those excuse me, one of those major crutches that, you know, that we can cling to. I mean, food is about survival. It's about safety. It's about nurturing. It's about connection with our mother. It's about connection with earth. It's about, you know, our, our relationship to our own spirit. 
And so, you know, how we use food and nurturing and our relationship to our bodies and that's coming huge. in. I'm sorry. I said that's huge. I mean, yes. So much is. in there. So it's look at that same thing of unraveling all of this misinformation about the feminine so that we can come to feel safe and secure in our bodies and honor our bodies as the sacred temple. So that's a, an incredible program right there, Food, Weight, and Feminine Power. And I've also got a retreat, uh, some retreats coming up as well that are in-person retreats that are, you know, small group retreats that are um, honoring the sacred feminine. Beautiful. Deborah, thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm, I'm really, really grateful for, for this meeting, um, for getting to know you a little bit and, and more about your work. And I'm really encouraging all of our listeners to go and check out that book while we were silent. I'm definitely looking forward to getting my hands on a copy of it. Sounds like it's going to be a real um, mainstay in this work. So, so thank you for, for putting that together and for putting it out into the world. Thank you, Tatiana. Absolutely. And um, before we go one last time, will you tell everybody your website? Yes, my main website is joyfullylivingwellness.com. Beautiful. And if there's like one little snippet that you want to leave our listeners with, one little golden gem, what would it be? The golden gem would be, don't ever stop short of your own truth. And only you can know that for yourself. No one's words can tell your mind what your truth is. It's like there's a, a story. And I know this going on a little bit, but there's a story that says, you know, that and you can look at a jar of honey and say it's golden, it's thick, and I know it's sweet, but until you put your finger in and you taste it for yourself, you don't know what honey is. Mm -hmm. And that's the true, the truth of your own truth as well. Mm -hmm. So until you've tasted it for yourself, don't stop. Pull out the super seeker superpowers and keep going. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Thank you so much. And for all our listeners, I love you. And until next time, go out and love yourself so that you can love the world more deeply. Many blessings. Are you ready to discover your superpowers? Go now to superpowerexperts.com and take the superpower quiz today.